Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good morning and welcome to Leading Off with True Blue LA. I'm your host, Eric Steven. Uh, It's a solo episode today, uh, but I do have a Dodgers rewind for you. Uh, Fred McGriff is on the um, contemporary baseball era ballot for the Hall of Fame. We'll find out by Sunday if he'll be inducted into Cooperstown in 2023. Um, So the contemporary baseball era committee is part of what used to be known as the Veterans Committee, which is now split into groups of players at different points in history so the contemporary era is just someone whose primary contributions came since 1980 and McGriff's first season in the majors was 1986 so he's in that group so the committee is 16 members uh they'll meet Sunday uh December 4th at the winter meetings in San Diego the results are announced later that evening on MLB Network just like the BBWAA 75% is required for induction, but in the case of this committee, that means only 12 votes. So the Hall of Fame on Monday announced uh, the the 16 members of the committee um, who will be voting on induction uh, from this group. Um, It includes seven Hall of Fame players, uh, Chipper Jones, Greg Maddox, both of whom have a few teammates, um, uh, or at least uh, one former teammate uh, in this group, and then uh, Jack Morris, Ryan Sandberg, Lee Smith, Frank Thomas, and Alan Trammell. There's um, a few MLB executives and owners, uh, Paul Beeston, Theo Epstein, um, Artie Moreno, uh, Kim Eng, Dave St. Peter, and Ken Williams. Uh, so that we're up to 13 now, and then you have 
some writers and media members um, um, rounding out the committee. Susan Slusser, who covers uh, the Giants, uh, used to, longtime uh, beat reporter for the A's, former BBWA president. Lavelle Neal, uh, who's in Minnesota, and then Steve Hurt, who works for, um, I believe he still works with Elias um, Sports Bureau, but longtime statistician. So that's your group. Um, that group's going to meet Sunday at the winter meetings. The voters are allowed to pick up to three Hall of Famers among the eight on the ballot, um, and then you need 12 votes to get in. So other candidates on the ballot this year include Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling. All three of those had their last year on the BBWA ballot um, last year. Um, then you have Dale Murphy, uh, Don Mattingly, Albert Bell, and Rafael Palmero. Um, to me, this seems like a ballot specifically designed to elect one or both of Dale Murphy, who won two MVPs with the Braves in the 80s, or, uh, or McGriff, uh, who hit 493 home runs. Um the previous method of the air committee ballots were 10 deep. Um, voters got to pick up to four uh, Hall of Famers on each one. Um, last year, if I remember right, Gil Hodges was elected in, in this group. Um, and there were three uh, players elected, I think. Maybe it was four. I don't remember. But um, back in July this year, Jay Jaffe and Dan Zimborski at Fangraphs modeled what the new system with eight players on the ballot and three choices, it what it might produce. And they sort of look, saw that it increased the likelihood of nobody getting elected in this in these cases. And it also decreases the chances of multiple honorees. So it could be a little bit limiting. We'll see how, how the results play out. But uh, Jaffe, in his analysis of Fred McGriff, um, just uh, from his Hall of Fame worthiness uh, over at Fangraphs, said, quote, If I were among the 16 voters on this panel, I wouldn't include him, meaning McGriff, on my ballot. But if I had to guess, I suspect he might draw the highest level of support from among the eight candidates. I wouldn't be surprised if he falls short of the 75% or he gets uh, over the line. So it's kind of could go either way, really. Um, for McGriff, um, in his first nine years on the writer's ballot, he never got more than 24% uh, of the vote. And then he got 39.8% uh, in his 10th and final year, well short of the 75% required for induction to Cooperstown. So he played 19 years in the majors, most notably with the Braves, also the Blue Jays and the Padres. But his penultimate season uh, was with the Dodgers in 2003. And that's what we're going to look at uh, today um, after the break. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
The Dodgers uh, heading into 2003 had reason to be optimistic. Uh, they had a pair of 86 win seasons the previous two years. Uh, or, uh, I'm sorry, in 2000 and 2001. They won 92 games in 2002. They finished just three games behind the Giants for a wild card spot. Or, sorry, for the wild card spot. Keep in mind there were only um, four uh, postseason teams in each league back then. Uh, the Dodgers had missed the playoffs in six straight seasons at this point, and they were starving for pretty much anything. So on uh, New Year's Eve in uh, 2002, they signed McGriff uh, for one year and $3.75 million. Um, he was entering his age 39 season, but he was still um, pretty productive. The previous year, um, he hit 273, 353, 503 with the Cubs. That's a 125 WRC+. Plus. Uh, he had 30 home runs, 103 RBIs. He drove in 100 runs in each of the uh, previous four years, averaging exactly 30 home runs from 99 to 20, uh, 2002. He replaced uh, long, uh, longtime Dodger Eric Karros at first base, who was five years younger than McGriff, but he only hit 13 home runs in, two, 20, uh, in 2002. Uh, he hit 271, 323, 399, a 96 OPS plus. So it was a like they were upgrading really like. Um, in theory, at least, um, the Dodgers traded Karros and Mark Grizzlonek to the Cubs for Todd Hundley and outfielder Chad Hermanson. Um, Hundley uh, played only 21 more major league games. Hermanson played only 11 games that year with the Dodgers, so it was kind of a more of a dump than anything um, from the Dodgers' perspective. At his press conference, uh, McGriff said, "Quote: uh, This is per Associated Press. I keep tricking him, uh, tricking him." Uh, when you start playing this game, you don't think about home runs. But despite the modesty, he had 478 home runs to that point in his career, which was uh, 21st all time um, heading into 20, uh, 2003. I keep running, I want to say 2003, but it doesn't feel right. So apologies for me continuing to sort of mess up the year. Um, but the, the point was McGriff was in line uh, to reach 500 home runs with the Dodgers, something uh, nobody's ever done uh, while with the Dodgers. Um, so he had 10 home runs through the Dodgers' first 66 games. He was on pace for like between 24 and 25 home runs. He needed 22 to hit 500. Uh, he was having a down year, but still like reasonably productive. Like to that point, he was 242, 315, 427, 95 WRC plus, slightly below average. Not really, not very good for a first baseman, um, but not you know terrible, right? Um, so he played 63 of those first 66 games and he started 60 of them, but then he suffered a groin injury and he missed 14 games. <laughs> that was the first injured list stint of his 18 year or, uh, to that point, 19 year career. Um, so he came back for four games at the beginning of, of July. He started two of those games, but then he landed right back on the IL with a knee injury. This one cost him 43 games missing a month and a half. So that pretty, that torpedoed McGriff's chance at 500 home runs, at least for uh, 2003. Um, the Dodgers were judicious with McGriff down the stretch. Uh, they had acquired Robin Ventura at the trade deadline, and he started a lot uh, at first base. Um, McGriff started only 17 of the last 35 games after that second IL stint. On the season, he had 249, 322, 428, 13 home runs, 98 WRC+. Plus. So, um that was the first season of his career uh, under a 107 WRC plus to give you an idea of how uh, just productive he was. 
excluding his first year, of course, uh, when he was just one for five in 1986 with the Blue Jays. He ended the year with 491 home runs. He signed on for one more year back in his hometown of Tampa, but he was basically done. He uh, played only 27 games in 2004. He hit two home runs with the Rays. He was released in late July, so he ended seven home runs shy of 500. Um, you know, might have boosted him a little bit on the at least on the writers' ballot. Uh, not sure if he would have gotten in, but at least would have uh, gotten better than the sort of paltry support that he did get. But um, for me, uh, McGriff was one of the many like offense-related horror stories for the 2003 Dodgers. It's one of the oddest uh, Dodgers teams of my lifetime, and possibly just in their franchise history too. They were nominally competitive. They went 85 and 77. That was a distant second in the NL West, but and also six games back of St. Louis for the wild card. So they were sort of in it, but not really, you know, not just kind of on the outside looking in. But how they did it was just in like crazy. Like the pitching staff led the majors, 316 ERA, half a run better than anyone else. They had a 128 ERA plus that year, which led the majors. Since joining the National League in 1890, uh, that 128 ERA plus was the Dodgers' uh, best in franchise history, at least until the last three seasons, uh, when the Dodgers of 2020, 2021, and 2022 sort of rewrote um, the franchise record book. In that regard, they've been insane at run prevention uh, the last three years, including um, one, uh, 150 ERA plus in 2022, but and that, I mean, that sort of explains why they've won more than two-thirds of their games over the last three years. Um, but back to 2003, that pitching staff had the last great years of Kevin Brown and Hideo Nomo. They picked up uh, Wilson Alvarez, um, uh, sort of a, a reclamation project, and he had a resurgent year as a swingman uh, with 237 ERA in 95 innings. It might be the best bullpen the Dodgers have ever had. You had peak Eric Gagne, who won the Cy Young with a 120 ERA, which was a record at the time. He struck out 137 batters, just ridiculous, in 82 and a third innings. Um, that was the second of three straight years where he had exactly 82 and a third innings. Um, but after him, Guillermo Moda and Paul Quantrill both had sub-two ERAs. Guillermo Moda pitched in 105 innings. Those two combined for 165 games and 182 and a third innings. That's just an insane workload. It just doesn't happen today. Uh, Paul Shuey had a three ERA in 62 games. Lefty Tom Martin was a quintessential uh, loogie. Um, stranded a ridiculous 37 of 42 runners, inherited runners. Um, just everything sort of went right when they when they were pitching. But when they were hitting, oh, God, uh, the offense was awful. Um so McGriff broke down, which probably should have been foreseen given he was 39, even though he hadn't been on the injured list before. So did Brian Jordan, who was actually above average when he played. He had a 112 OPS plus, but he only played in 66 games. He was 36 that year, so you could probably see that coming. He also had just numerous years of playing in both uh, MLB and the NFL, uh, so you can see how it probably finally caught up to him. Sean Green was coming off... Uh, two years of totaling 91 home runs with a 154 OPS plus in both years in 2001, 2002. But then he regressed in 2003 to 19 home runs. He did hit an uh, LA Dodgers record 49 doubles, but he was down to a 116 OPS plus uh, in 2003. He was still the Dodgers best hitter. 
there was a pretty big decline from like his peak. He also revealed in September that he was playing with a shoulder injury since spring training, which, um, you know, sort of uh, led to that. And uh, he was kind of never the same hitter again after that. He played a few more years, obviously, but just wasn't quite the same as he was at his peak. Um, the Dodgers turned over the middle infield that year to Alex Cora and the newly acquired Cesar Torres, who were magnificent while wearing gloves, but not batting gloves. Um the core uh Cora had a 66 WRC plus as Torres was a 56 WRC plus just terrible offensively uh Beltre was all Adrian Beltre was also very good defensively at third um hit 23 home runs but well below well below average hitter at that point 290 on base percentage and an 86 WRC plus his breakout year came the next year when he hit 48 home runs finished second in MVP um Dave Roberts in 2003 was in his second year in LA, but struggled uh, hit with a, just a 73 WRC plus. Uh, Daryl Ward, who filled in some at first base when McGriff was out, had a 403 OPS in 114 plate appearances. His WRC plus was eight. That's right. That is a single digit. Um, the Dodgers in July acquired Jeremy Burnett's. And 44-year-old uh, Ricky Anderson uh, for his last major league hurrah. Neither one of them hit. Uh, as a team, the Dodgers were dead last in run in scoring. Uh, they averaged 3.54 runs per game. Their 79 OPS plus and 78 WRC plus were also worst in the majors. Um, the 78 WRC plus is third worst in Dodgers franchise history. On- the only two teams that um, behind them uh, were in Brooklyn, 1927. Had a 73 WRC plus and 1911 in the dead ball era had a 75 WRC plus. So McGriff ended up being one of the Dodgers' best hitters with his 98 WRC plus, which says a lot about that team. But yeah, that's that's what I think about. But he's still, despite obviously that sort of down year with the Dodgers, he had a just an outstanding career. Uh, and we'll find out Sunday whether um, that means he's going to make it to Cooperstown. Now, obviously, if he doesn't, he could you know, be on future, um, uh, such committees, but he, he seems to have a decent shot at least as of now. We'll find out Sunday. Uh, but that's it for today, uh, on our, uh, leading off with True Blue LA and a Dodgers rewind. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll be back uh, a little bit later this week. 